When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, that's uh, that's pretty bad. The Raptors, bad, good. I don't know. Is it good that they're losing? Are you are you team tank? Do you want to see this? Do you like that they've now passed Washington uh, in the I guess the tank uh, race now behind Washington in the standings? Like a forty percent chance at the top four pick. I don't know, like ten percent at the at the number one pick, maybe lower seven percent or something like that. I don't know. Uh, maybe you want to see them win. The crowd did there. Really great crowd tonight, man. Uh, the Raptors, they lose 106-104 to the Boston Celtics. They're now 20-27. and 27. Things are looking pretty hairy for this team. Uh, at the very end, a weird jump ball situation. Uh, the Raptors, uh, Pascal Siakam, afterwards when he was interviewed, came to the press room, everybody was asking him questions. On that last play, says, I think that Al fouled me. There was a lot. We didn't say that exactly. He said there was a lot of hands. The ball went up. And so that counted as a block and a missed shot. And then he grabbed the ball again. And what was deemed to tie up in a jump ball was really, really quick. So Nick Nurse on that says, hey, I'm going to challenge that. You can't challenge that. And so this seems very silly from his end because he just burns a timeout the Raptors end up getting the ball back with 3.9 seconds left or 3.6, and they have to inbound from the backcourt, and they they don't have a timeout to do that because he used it for the jump ball to challenge something that he couldn't challenge. So he comes out afterwards and says, I asked if I could challenge it, and the ref, whose name I can't remember, said, yes, you can challenge it if you use a timeout. So he said, I'll use the timeout. Then the other ref said, you can't challenge this, and he said, okay, well, I don't want to use the timeout. And then the other ref said, Ah, uh, too bad. The timeout's been used. So he was upset about that. The Raptors, Gary Trent Jr. misses a wide open layup. Pascal gets that strip and then recover and then jump ball and the shot and loses the ball at the very end. The Raptors just not able to close down the stretch and uh, another loss. Oh, not to mention the Raptors had what looked like either a four on three or a four on two after after the all the. Hubbub Gary's missed layup with, I don't know, however many seconds left, 10. Uh, he caught the ball. He got a steal because the Raptors trapped in the in the backcourt. And then it looked like they had numbers, like four on three, if not four on two, because two of the Celtics were on the ground, Pritchard and Grant Williams. Uh, they were on the ground. And there's called a timeout. Crazy. We'll talk about more of that. Uh, this is the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Samson Folk. And uh, it's brought to you by Goldfinger Law, and hey, you want to go with Goldfinger Law. You know why? Because you only pay if you win. So if you lose, no money lost. That seems like a decent perk, something I'd be into. If I was into uh, law and uh, courts, etc., 
small claims. I don't know. Anyway, if you want to contact them, 416-730-1777. Okay, long bus ride home. I just canned a couple snack packs, two chocolate puddings. I'm ready to talk basketball. The Raptors, they couldn't close down the stretch. Peyton Pritchard hits the last shot for the Celtics, uh, a three. It wasn't the game winner per se in the theatrical way, but it was the game winning shot or ended up being that. And the Raptors, they only scored 19 points in the fourth quarter. Their defense, their best defensive performance in some time, um, I suspect that had to do with more size on the floor. But additionally, what happens when there's more size on the floor? You have, I guess, less going on offensively. And the Raptors felt that too, only scoring 104 points. Uh, Fred Van Vliet out in this game, as was Jason Tatum. In addition to that, OG Ananobi injured in the second half, did not come back, despite being cleared to come back. Odd. And then Marcus Smart, he he sprained his ankle, looked like really bad. And um, uh, Robert Williams, he uh, aggravated his knee, it seemed like. So uh, a lot of guys missing by the end of this game and uh, a couple guys missing at the start of it. Should the Raptors have been able to beat Tatumless, William Williamsless, Smartless Celtics? Absolutely, they should have. Did they? No, they did not. And you know, there's quite a few reasons for that. You know, <laughs> if you can't score against that Celtics team, they're a bit small up front. They don't have the same level of defenders to throw at you. Peyton Pritchard is on the floor for a lot of the fourth quarter, and you can't figure out how to make them pay. And so Boston played the same style of defense with Peyton Pritchard that we saw the Heat play with Tyler Hero, where they kind of send him at ball handlers to pester the dribble while the other four guys are very in tune with their help principles. And Pascal Siakam mentioned after the game, like he was seeing a lot of help at the nail. Uh, So were other players when they were bringing the ball up. And uh, the Raptors, they couldn't figure out a way to manufacture enough points to win this game. And once again, at the start of the podcast, this is why one is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Where where do your allegiances lie with team win, team tank, whatever it may be? Uh, the fan base seems to be splitting. However, comma, I don't think team win and you're reliant on the team winning games is making a compelling case. This team is struggling at this moment in time and has been for some time. It's just the the biggest thing to enjoy from this game. Let's talk about that. Precious Achua. My goodness. Just perfect. Like a perfect Precious Achua game, honestly. You have a step back three. You had, I guess the only thing that didn't go right was a dunk attempt that he tried, man. I think on Luke Cornett, he tried to get all over it and he ended up getting blocked. Can't win them all. However, Precious won a lot of them. Precious, uh, the most important defender on the court tonight between both teams. He was sublime. He he changed shots. Like, there's no... The Celtics, by the numbers, shooting 42.7% at the rim in this game. That's the first percentile. Uh, Think 99 percentile is nearly the best. 100th percentile is the best. The first is really, really bad. This was one of the worst performances at the rim in the NBA all season. Precious Achua had a great deal to do with that, as did the rest of the Raptors, but Precious in the starting lineup helped loads. Not only that, but he starts to wander out. 
Jalen Brown with Jason Tatum out with Marcus Smart ended up being injured during this game becomes the primary source of offense for the Celtics. His volume says as much. He forced, I believe, four pickups on Jalen Brown in the fourth quarter in a row. Jalen Brown tried to get to his spots, got blanketed, tried to pivot out of it, blanketed, pass out, tried to initiate above the break, pass away. He just had him on lock. And this is Precious Achua, who's not only doing it in isolation, but kind of chasing him around like staggered screen actions, right? And sure, the Celtics screw up and throw it into the backcourt, fine. But it's just like, this is a very versatile, very effective defender. He, he was sublime. Near, I would say nearly perfect defensively. Just a really great game there. And offensively, I mean, yes, the step back three, just perfect, of course. But three finishes on the roll, applying pressure as a cutter, making some good reads. It, w- it was good to talk to him after the game, and he was saying he's trying to balance that, right? That when you have the advantage, the advantage isn't always yours. Sometimes it's it's other players after other defenders step up. And, you know, this hasn't typically been Precious's whole bag. As far as I'm concerned, it's typically been like, take all comers. And even if it's all five, you know, uh, and there's, there's still some possessions in this game where he's he's going at the rim. But then again, how can you blame him? Because athletically, his takeoff spot, how quick he gets there, he can do things that other players uh, can't do. And so what the hell? Give it a try, dude. See how far you can take it. He's a sliver away from greatness on some of these. So uh, I thought his game was awesome. By far the most uh, encouraging aspect of this loss against the Celtics. Pascal offensively obviously wasn't able to make everything go at the end, but 29 points, nine boards, 10 assists. This, This was a really, really impressive game because you can tell his burst isn't quite there, right? And he did most of his work in this game, off ball, in transition, but most importantly, as a jump shooter. And if he was this level of jump shooter in the bubble, for example, where he was kind of out of sorts and wasn't able to beat guys with his movement skills, uh, it would have been a huge deal. He would have been able to punish the Celtics defense immensely. That team probably would have won a chip (laughs) that year, honestly. Um, But just having that counter was very nice. But it still remains that, and I'm kind of diving into the statistics in the film on this, I think look forward to a piece on Monday. It still remains that Pascal's last 10, 11 games have been... um, He's had a noticeable dip in how he's pressured the rim and especially his burst and quickness to beat guys with that aspect of his game. He's had good games. It's just typically been more reliant on his ball skills and that kind of stuff. And that's what that's what superstars do is they go to different parts of their game when it's being taken away or during the grind of the season. You know, you feel it in the body. Uh, It's nice to see him have that. But it's also worth noting that uh, how he attacks has changed a little bit. There's been a little bit more grifting. There's been a little bit less burst, all that kind of stuff. And coming into this game, he was averaging, I think, 21 points over his last nine. So it's notable. But in this game, he found the counter and he he went to it. And 29 and 10 is nothing to sniff at. It's He drove the Raptors offense everywhere it needed to go, except at the end. And that's <laughs> that's tough, man. You can't win them all. OG was just, I thought OG before the injury um, was really quite good. 
I think he wasn't overextended defensively, and that made for a really, really strong performance. Offensively, you know, a smaller role, but a really good one, getting some early touches um, on the catch, getting downhill, being able to finish, uh, hitting both of his threes in this one, but getting injured, which was tough, only playing 20 minutes. Pascal, for example, plays 43. Scotty, 42, right? Uh, Precious, 37. Gary Trent, 38. Uh, For those people keeping score at home, Yes, the Raptors bench scored 14 points. And let me add up (laughs) the Boston bench. Okay, so that's 58 just from Brogdon and Grant Williams. (laughs) Peyton Pritchard makes it 70. 72 to 14. Dagum, that is something else. I, man, the likes of which we've never seen. Um, Gary Trent Jr. some pretty good shot making in this game as well. Scotty, just with the way that the the Celtics play and him being in the role that he has been lately, the ball mover, catching on the move, the Celtics are going to converge on that. They they love to rotate over and they they will um they will they will pressure the ball so Scotty isn't working in as much space as he's used to. Uh especially in that first half, right? We see um Robert Williams, who's very affecting, although he left the game pretty early and Scotty doing a pretty good job of moving the ball from side to side. Hit a three in this one too, just the one or sorry, two threes, right, right. Two threes. And uh, yeah, it's a lower, a lower, I guess, usage game for Scotty. But as you could see in this game, like the Raptors, they, they thought they found the hierarchy that worked and uh, they did, I guess, until the end, right? Like you, you look at this game and they go 27 points, 30 points, 28 points, and they're doing pretty well. That 19 in the fourth quarter is really what stung them. And a credit to the Celtics for picking up the intensity, I suppose, and a credit to the Raptors for bungling this in a way that is just like, it's almost unfathomable the way they keep losing games. They never lack intrigue. They're able to lose games in quite the variety of ways. And they just, gosh, do they love doing it that way, man. It's so crazy. These games, like the Milwaukee game, nuts. I can't I can't believe they beat the Knicks. This game, nuts. It's just weird games, a lot of losses, and man, they they're looking for something. And Pascal, Precious, Nick, I mean, they weren't they weren't down in the dumps, but man, it's not. The the morale clearly is in a spot that's less than desirable, I would say. And that's tough. That's that's less than less than you would want from uh from this team. But man, there, there's a lot to like in this game. And even Nick came out and said he really liked Thad's minutes, he liked Boucher's minutes, he liked turning Wancho's minutes, but those guys got killed, man. They they did. They they did not win those minutes and, and for a reason. Um they, they couldn't contain, you know, this is kind of what was asked of Nick before the game by Oren when he was asking about, like, defense in the NBA, right? How hard it is to stay in front of guys. And he was saying that his guys are getting so good at putting the ball on the ground kind of towards the rim, which I think is accurate. I think that that is the biggest difference is that you look at a role player from 2000, I don't know, 12, 2007, whatever, like guys are so stationary to their spots on the floor. And so like, Hey, you do this. And I know everyone thinks there's like this three and D thing, but 
most guys, if they catch the ball, they can pump and put it on the floor. They can move it on to the next. They can follow and like carry that advantage. And some guys are tremendous at it. Some guys are not so good at it. But guys will try it. And the good teams have a lot of them. Boston has a lot of them. And that's why the Raptors, towards the end there, I guess they had trouble. It's just continuing the advantage, trying to find the shot. And as much as the Raptors try and stay in front, something opens up. Back end of the shot clock. And a guy like Peyton Pritchard hits a three. It's just tough, man. Uh, It's tough to play defense. But even with that said, this was a defensive game. And the Raptors, they found something, I think, with Precious at the five. What does this mean? You know, Scotty's listed as a point guard today. Uh, is Scotty the point guard of the future? Is Scotty the the point forward of the future? Point center, point uh, swing guard, whatever, like whatever you want to call him. Scotty is growing in numerous ways, and uh, the Raptors, the defense looked much better tonight. They were able to contain a team that was missing. Yes, of course. Some of their best players, their offensive drivers, and by the end of the game, a lot of them between Tatum, Williams, and Smart. But they were good. They had, they had really nice compete. Um, the point of attack wasn't as big a problem. It's because they're able to throw more length at it there and in rotation. What does that say about Fred Van Vliet, whose defense has faltered this year? I don't know. People will make of it what they will, and they have been for some time. Um, but on top of that, you know, you, you miss Fred's offense, which had been steaming hot as of late and the Raptors, they lose this game because they can't score. It's just tough, man. (laughs) This team knows how to lose them. Like at this point, that is so certain. This team knows how to lose games. It was one of my, I don't know. It was like, man, like 10 games in to the the Tampa season where I was like talking about, I was like, man, this team used to figure out how to win games. Now it seems like they're figuring out how to lose games. And that seemed to be like a good predictor of where they were headed. This team, gosh, do they know how to lose them. They In, in like glorious fashion, they know how to lose games. Incredible. Uh, the Reggie Evans Award. Precious Achua. Who else could it possibly be? Big shout out to Precious. I've already talked about him like a lot as far as this, this podcast. But he, he was awesome. Really happy with Precious's game. He deserves all the love for this one and did so many different things. Okay. Top quick reaction comment is from B Herbs. Quote, honest question, not angry or emotional. Will we ever get a bench again? It's been three years without one or any signs of being willing to do the things teams that have good benches do. Tax, spend a draft pick, consolidate one good player into multiple useful players. Just three years of getting pickpocketed while trying to shop at Valley Village. Okay, or end quote, I should say. I did a video about this where the Raptors do have top end talent. Their starting five, as far as like assets, they're in a very strong position um, relative to quite a few teams in the league. Uh, Not that many teams who are in as tough a position as the Raptors have the asset pool that they have, given given the talent of their, their starting lineup, right? And also a guy like Precious Achua, who has been coming off the bench. But I I made that video where I walked through every single transaction and missing on draft picks and missing on every signing, basically, has put them into (laughs) a very tough spot as far as the back end. And you can reference that against the way they were able to draft, 
guys and make trades for guys um, earlier on in Masai's tenure, let's say. You can tell that they're hurting for it. You could also tell that this is a team that thought they could draft themselves out of it uh, in the second round. They haven't been able to. They thought they might be able to use the MLE and you know minimum contracts to sign themselves out of it. That hasn't been the case. This is a team that had a lot of things go right for them for years at a time. And they thought, we will use the means we have to create, to shore up the bench. We don't have to consolidate. We don't have to trade one of the starting five. We're going to keep this talent base because we're so good at finding talent and wins on the margins. And they haven't. And that's pretty much it, man. Uh, B Herbs, if you want to go to YouTube, uh, Raptors Republic YouTube, and just watch uh, as I walk through every single transaction, um, you'll find the answer there for sure. I can't do it off my head now, though. So sorry to the listener. Sorry to B Herbs. But B Herbs, thank you for writing in. Um, uh, always see you commenting on Raptors Republic. Thanks for being a part of the community all the time. So B Herbs, thank you. Listener, thank you. Um, it's an absolute pleasure to speak to you. We can't keep meeting this way anyway. Um, yeah, whether you got into this uh, or, yeah, if you saw this on YouTube, like the video, uh, subscribe. If you listen to this on the podcast channel, uh, just keep letting me talk to you. And most importantly, go to raptorsrepublic.com and subscribe for all my written work, all of Lewis's, which I think is our best work. And whether you got into this in the morning or at night, have a blessed day and goodbye.